We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to Overwatch On Point, a brand new podcast from Prediction focusing on Overwatch League esports and eventually things like the Overwatch World Cup and anything else going on in the world of Overwatch. We are your hosts. I'm Ask Joshi. This is Lemon Kiwi. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to these fine folks? Hey, everybody. Yes, I'm Jen or everybody, Lemon Kiwi yes. of Citrus. Um, I'm a commentator for Overwatch, so you might catch me on contender stuff, but uh, we do watch an awful bit of Overwatch League. And I think, Joshy, you were a former commentator, right? That's right. I have cast just a bit of Overwatch, but most of it was way back in the day in the beta times for Overwatch in late 2015. I actually got to cast things like Blizzard employees versus <laughs> Seagull and company. Actually, a bunch of these players are actually now in the Overwatch League, so I will always have kind of a slight bias towards those players that played way back in those early weeklies and monthlies <laughs> and things like that. But now in the 2019 Overwatch League season, we've seen a whole bunch of new teams, new players, things like that. Uh, were there any teams that happened to catch your eye this year? Oof. Uh, I'm super happy. A little bit biased towards contenders because it just felt like all the good talent from contenders. Of course, there's still plenty to choose from. They're just underage at the moment or something. But uh, yeah, all the good talent that were of age, even some underage, got picked up to the Overwatch League. Uh, and there's so many teams now that it's almost hard to keep up with everything, even when you're a seasoned fan. But it's definitely the stage that I think has been this stage that we're going into or that we have started that has been kind of the shocker for the season. Yeah, I think uh, stage four, obviously, with the switch up now to the 2-2-2 two, 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 uh, enforced roles uh, has changed up everything for every team. And that's something that I didn't expect. I know that a lot of the teams, uh, as they were building these rosters, could not have expected. What do you think about just the shift from... Uh, no rule lock to now being forced into these sort of things. I 
I think it obviously there's good and bad for the viewers. It's amazing. I think everyone can say that they're happy with the new meta. There's definitely a lot more variety to it. Um, in terms of the players and the teams itself, like I've talked to some teams and how, yes, maybe they're happy that they're going back to DPS. So DPS players can actually play DPS. Mm -hmm. But for so long now, maybe even up to a year or something, we were in the GOATS meta, the three tanks, three supports. So a lot of DPS players had to learn Brigida and Zarya. And they've been playing that for so long that shifting back to 2-2-2 has really set some teams behind. Although it is a positive change for the future, a lot of teams still have to kind of catch up. Yeah, I think um, there's actually just been a lot of controversy, maybe not controversy, maybe just a lot of Twitter whining. Um, it's kind of hard to draw the line sometimes between what is actually an issue among the league and the teams and the players and what just happens to have a lot of vocal uh, detractors, as it may be. So I know that Surefor, for example, he likes to tweet. Sometimes he likes to defend teams <laughs> uh, that don't actually need defending just because he reads too much Reddit or whatever it is. Um, I think that the Switch... Personally, I like to see it. Uh, I think that the three support, three tanks compositions were not really what people enjoyed playing or watching. So uh, when it kind of dictated all the matchups and things, both in competitive and in Overwatch League, I think it just got a little bit stale. And I'm maybe a little bit biased there as well. I played the heck out of D.Va in competitive just because she's an all-around amazing sort of hybrid character but i really would prefer just being Farah all day long and now i can do that again i actually played a couple of the uh, ptr 222 games and when you when you lock Farah, supports want to lock mercy it's actually heaven for Farah players now and it's actually great that they also put the lock into competitive. I'm not 100% sure if it'll be quick play too. I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't played a ton of PTR, but that the fact that the casual audience can also replicate, you know, kind of the environment that Overwatch League is having. So you're having the lock there. You're having the lock in in the game itself and contenders and everything else will be following in suit because I know playoffs for contenders will also be 2-2-2. I think, uh, yeah, personally, I'm a fan. I, I think it is still kind of an experiment phase right now. And now we can kind of discuss uh, what we have been seeing this stage now that the 222 lock is in play. We've seen, um, well, Titans and Excel have locked their spots. So they're really just, you know, as Bren put it in the actual Overwatch League cast, Excel is kind of coasting. Titans are, are trying a couple of different things now. Now that they've clinched their spot, they're using like Sumin Su on Zarya instead of Janu, who's like an MVP candidate um just because you know they've clinched and now uh washington justice is actually pretty much the biggest story of the stage going from they're literally out of playoff contention uh <laughs> to just having an amazing stage what do you what do you have to say about uh justice for example it, i just can't believe how a meta shift has benefited that's the team that's benefited the most out of this um i think like the casters were even saying that they've had more wins this stage than the entire season <laughs> you're like oh they're on fire right now and they're still at the bottom of the season standing so like you said not in playoffs but someone like Corey on the sniper has had one of the best sniper showings in all of the stage and that's not something he ever got to play in the 3-3 meta so just like we said before there are so many teams that are being affected by this not only in a great way but in a negative way where justice is having a perfect stage and someone like maybe like the titans are still they're still on top but they're obviously struggling they're not as dominant as they were before 
And it is interesting, I've, you know, studying up for the show, so I don't sound completely ignorant at all times. I've, I've realized, <laughs> you know, some of these rosters actually have four support players signed to the roster or five tanks in uh, one team's case. That's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> and how do you feel as, you know, the fifth tank player on your team when they change it from, you know, a 3-3 three, three sort of meta to now a 2-2-2? Two, two, two? I, I got to feel like... Uh, a bunch of trades might be lining up here soon just as a result of, of excess uh, players in each role. <laughs> yeah, like just the extra fat. I definitely think there's going to be a lot of trades coming in uh, eventually to fit this meta. And I've been hearing kind of around the vine of some teams trading to prepare for 3-3 and some teams trading to prepare for 2-2-2, where some teams thought 2-2-2 was going to come earlier, so they had maybe more DPS players and maybe uh, worse Zarya players. But for the ones that have a million tanks, clearly they wanted backups of, okay, we want an amazing Hammond, because sometimes that's like a specialist you want on your team for Hammond 3 DPS, or you want your Ryan specialist, your Winston specialist, or just a backup tank, because if your tank goes sick, or is sick, you're kind of screwed <laughs> in the GOATS meta, and and so having those backups is great, but now teams should probably focus on having now multiple DPS substitutes, where maybe <laughs> like, they'll have your fire specialist, or your sniper specialist, or your May and I think bringing us to the May Reaper topic, there's a lot of teams that are forced to play the May Reaper now. That's all of a sudden meta. Don't ask me why, because <laughs> that's ridiculous. I, have thought in itself. On that. I mean, I think, uh, of course, it makes they're the sense, tanky DPS. but it's just kind of surprising. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, was it Fortnite goats is what people are calling it with the walls <laughs> and and shotguns. I I like that. I kind of like that. I haven't heard that yet, but I have. I did play a lot of <laughs> Fortnite uh, during the height of it last year, so that does make perfect sense with the walls and the shotguns. Um, but like Reaper and May, yeah. they're essentially tank DPSs. If you think about it, like Diva could almost be a hybrid between the two as well. But Reaper can heal himself and get away from things. He can break out with Ghost Form. <laughs> May very similar, right? She can get her own HP back with the Ice Block put walls up like a tank similar you know uh at least to an arisa or something like that obviously you can't shoot through the wall but you can at least block incoming damage when the ults start flying and uh was watching just the matches on sunday and they brought up the point about the may wall being sometimes a hindrance to your own team it's hard to communicate quickly <laughs> hey i'm gonna put a wall right here don't use your death blossom or don't use your whatever it is what do you think about let's you can take it down really quickly so yeah. <laughs> if you make an oopsie but yeah, um, but there's definitely some teams also struggling to incorporate the May because as a DPS player, maybe not a lot of your time is spent practicing someone like a May because that was even when DPS was hot, May was rarely ever picked except in some certain maps, uh, King's Row comes to mind or something like that. More of those flatter maps because it was all about dive and who can get to mm -hmm. that high ground. May was just kind of the one that you got out of spawn to help you uh, get onto high grounds before Symmetra got her teleporter. So no one really knew how to play May. And it was kind of apparent. I think one person I watched recently, Decay, who's like an amazing Genji and all these other DPS players. But even just noticing how he was playing May, the use of his cooldowns, maybe wasn't comfortable on it. And now a lot of teams now, even though they have amazing DPS, also need to have a May specialist. 
Yeah, I think uh, just watching recent games with May, like Carpe is playing May, and he's an insane <laughs> Widowmaker. Like, you would rather have him on McCree or Widow, I think, at all times, but the the meta still doesn't really allow for that. Things are still just so tanky, so many barriers, and if your opponents are playing May and Reaper instead of a McCree, it can be difficult for McCree to really do anything. There was actually one point yesterday where he swapped two McCree from Reaper and just fell flat over and over. I think he got maybe one or two like flash plus headshots that were worth talking about, but every dead eye got shut down. I mean, at least with um, Death Blossom, you can teleport into a sneaky spot, drop in, maybe get something uh, before just teleporting out or, you know, wraith walking out. So I, I actually, I really enjoy May and Reaper. I'm not sad to see them as frequently as we are now, but. Even Symmetra. Yeah. We saw Symmetra. So I'm pretty hyped wherever the heck this is going. Yeah. And Farah again, I'm very happy to see Farah at all times. I think Hanzo uh is his stock has gone up, uh just being able to climb walls and get over the top of people. That projectile um speed shots, everything like that. Uh the dragon that's basically unblockable, becoming now a very valuable ultimate because of the way the meta has shifted. So um, some players really rejoicing, some players really kind of down and out at the moment because of this shift to 2 2. Football season is here, people. It's time to start placing your bets for NFL and college football. Blue Wire is teaming up with sports information traders and the legend John Price, one of the world's most successful sports bettors, so our listeners are given the chance to make more money on football this season. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue, B-L-U-E, and get the college football and NFL futures plays and make up to 15 times your money for only a $99 investment. Last year, sports information traders correctly predicted the Clemson Tigers to win the college football championship, making one client alone $110,000. The year before that, Kurt Presley of sports information traders made $1 million with a preseason wager on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. John Price and the Sports Information Traders team can guide you on the best ways to make money on futures bets and preseason football betting picks. You get all of that for just $99 and the opportunity to make 15 times your money. It's totally worth getting Sports Information Traders betting picks. Sports Information Traders has been featured in ESPN, Gambling911.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, and many more. John Price has been successfully making money betting on sports for over 20 years. Make a big return for a small investment with Sports Information Traders futures picks. Get started now by going to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Again, make sure you go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue to have your chance at 15 times return this football betting season. Uh, Excel and Titans. We'll start to segue now into our current playoff picture. I can show you guys watching the stream here on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Um, there is a standings graphic here. In just a second. What did I do da, with da, it? Da, da, da. Drum roll. <laughs> <Did> I, oh, <laughs> playoffs. That's it. it there it is. Playoffs. Okay, so now uh, the playoff picture right now essentially looks at the records of all the teams over the course of the entire season, not just stage four. And this is actually lifted from the broadcast yesterday after all the games were over. Uh, Titans and Excelsior have clinched their top two spots. You can see the words Pacific and Atlantic next to their names because each Division gets one clinched seed. Uh, Shock, being the number three team, has already clinched top six. And all those others that say top 12, they actually still might have to do the epic play-in, as Overwatch League puts it. Epic. <laughs> um, so that's that's the top seven that you're looking at right there. Dynasty kind of right on the cutoff. And right below them is uh, Shanghai Dragons. Gladiators uh, are actually in the contention as well. So uh, 
Titans and Excelsior actually don't even play this week. They have clinched their spots and get a week off, so they're sitting pretty. I think the Titans have been kind of a big story all year long just because they are a new team, a new franchise at least, not a new team, so to speak, because it was a full Korean squad lifted uh, from uh, Korea over to Vancouver. But they've, they've been winning stage playoffs. I don't know that anyone expected them to be the top team in their first season. Uh, I think maybe uh, for us contenders, uh, Weeboos, we, we were definitely cheering for the Titans, and it kind of was that foolproof thing that contenders teams can measure up to uh, Overwatch League teams because, you know, Runaway was always so dominant that they came and were just as dominant, and it's more because of they were walked into kind of like that 3-3 meta where super, super lots of synergy within that team. They've been together for so long, and then walking into a meta where it was all about communication and synergy, less about, I wouldn't say less about the mechanics, but not as important as maybe the double sniper meta as it was now. Um, so maybe surprising, maybe unsurprising if you've watched Runaway for a little while. So still very happy with how the Titans have done. Just we'll see how the stage four, how they kind of ba you know balance things out and if they can still stay on top in that regard. And on the other side of that coin, you have Excelsior, who were actually just super dominant last year, aside from Spitfire. Anytime they face Spitfire, things seem to go off the rails for them. But uh, Excel have shown now a second season in a row that they have staying power. Uh, you can see their map differential there is plus 39. Um, it's actually worse than Shock's <laughs> map differential, but they have a better <laughs> record overall. So uh, they're able to clinch that Atlantic seed. Um, you know, mainstays, say Bilby and Ryu Hong still on the team, still rocking. Uh, a couple of their players have moved on to other squads, been signed here or there, traded here or there, but Excelsior's core is still very, very strong. And when it comes to, if, if we had to pick a team out of these two, uh, that to win the whole thing at the end of the year, do you think it would be Titans or Excelsior for you? I don't even know if they're <laughs> going to take it. I don't, I honestly don't not sure if it'll be up to them because then there's still shock and quote other teams yeah. as this playoff thing that shows <laughs> other teams i still think someone like the shock or maybe even someone from the cutoff um the uh, playing cutoff could surprise everyone there's still some time for teams to figure out their dps situation and also get used to the may reaper setup get used to the halt hooks and even maybe experiment with different setups do you want the may hanza the may reaper the may something or Symmetric, something else double sniper <laughs> yeah and i kind of wish that you know there was a playoff just for stage four because i'd really like to see who is the best at the 222 at the moment and you know because someone like justice who's having like such an amazing stage will not get to see playoffs because of being so uh not great <laughs> in the other stages but between titans in new york I have no idea. I was kind of thinking Shock would maybe surprise everyone. They still could. Yeah, Shock, definitely a very impressive yeah. record and recent results. So uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the schedule for this coming week. Uh, we mentioned Excelsior and Titans actually do not have to play at all. But here are the Thursday matchups, starting with kind of an unfortunate one. It's Uprising versus Mayhem. And these two teams have just been on the struggle bus uh, lately. Mayhem have actually already been fully eliminated from playoff contention, but they did actually do pretty decently last week, uh, beating Defiant and taking, uh, let's see, which they took one of these teams very close. Oh, Valiant. They only lost one to two to Valiant in last week's matches. So Mayhem feel like they're still playing as hard as they can, playing their hearts out. Uh, I think I like Mayhem over Uprising. How about you? 
Mayhem over Uprising? It, I don't know. I actually wrote that a three, like a game five to Mayhem. And that really kind of sucks for me because I was kind of really rooting for the Uprising at the start of them coming in. They look good on paper, but for some reason, like I loved when Color Hex got to join the league. Again, big contenders bias. <laughs> and I really thought they had solid DPS players on paper, but for some reason it's not coming together on paper. And I don't want to blame like, oh, is it the synergy of the team? Is it the coaches? Is it the, the meta? It's like, I have honestly no idea. And Mayhem, they're coming up a little bit and they've added, I think Swoosh is now joining the Mayhem or is kind of helping them out a little bit. So... They're bringing back what they know best. So I said 3-2 Mayhem. All right. I think, yeah. So I guess we're in agreement there. Even though it is a tougher one to call, um, Uprising are actually still playing potentially for that uh, that playoff berth for the play-in, but they have to face you know Mayhem and Valiant uh, later in the week. So we'll get to that in a bit. But Spark versus Fuel, I feel like this one's kind of a pushover. Spark has been looking <laughs> great. Fuel has not been looking so great. Yeah. Fuel actually last place in this stage. I um, think we're agreed on that one. Dynasty versus Dragons yeah. is a pretty interesting one, though. I think Dragons, um, they've shown a lot better games, obviously, this season than last season. It is kind of a entirely new roster, but uh, Dragons are still Dragons. And now that they've had that taste of playoffs, Dynasty feel like they usually struggle in these playoff situations. So I think Dragons might actually have an edge here. I had no idea what to call for this <laughs> Um I just kind of went on a limb and wrote 3-1 Dynasty. And I, th I think it's really a toss-up. I didn't want to go for the game five. Felt like Dynasty have looked better last week. But I, again, I wasn't sure. All right. And then we'll move on to Friday's games here. Friday, we have starting off with Justice versus Rain. Now, this is, an, again, an interesting one because Justice have not lost a match. Uh, they haven't lost a series in all of Stage 4 since the 2-2-2 split. And Rain are still trying to make the, the playoffs cut off, but they've got some very difficult matches this week as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought I think we both agreed that Justice was going to take this. Just they look so good. It's hard to really go against the stats right now but rain also on top i don't think rain has faced as hard of teams this stage so i wasn't a hundred percent sure they were gonna take this one i think this will be their biggest test so if they take it then they look amazing for the rest of the stage but justice have beaten some of the best teams already in their schedules so i gave the win to justice but that again i broke game five I, that's gonna be a close one yeah and just a little more context there i don't think we mentioned it earlier justice four owed the titans who now we've been singing their praises uh, throughout this broadcast already so justice really really looking scary and just last week uh, managed to take out both the outlaws and the uprising in those matches uh, shock versus hunters this is, is another pretty interesting one uh, to me shock looking very very strong um, have a couple of mvp candidates with sinatra and super uh, hunters though sort of near the bottom of that playoff cutoff they are really playing for something and shock could take it easy on them or not take it so easy on them what do you think I think Hunters also took some maps here and there from good teams. That's why I wrote 3-1. I think they've able they've taken some maps from good teams, but never able to close out. And Shock have lost uh, maps to okay teams. So I don't think it'll be the clear 4-0, um, but 3-1 sounds what Shock will do. I think I favor Shock as well in the end there. Just 
because they are pretty untouchable uh, in this stage, not to mention um, just have the experience playing together now, a lot of these guys. Sinatra specifically has actually been a monster consistently for two full seasons now, so I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, watching Sinatra pop off. Finally, for that broadcast day Friday, it's Spark versus Gladiators. These two teams are neck and neck right in the playoff picture. They both should uh, make that cut pretty sure but spark and gladiators i think for this one it's a toss-up for me i wrote gladiators again may, might be a sure for bias just because i love the guy but spark <laughs> are really really scary yeah i i think for me i picked spark just because gladiators looked a little messy on the may reaper as i mentioned um last week if they stick to the may reaper i'm not sure they'll pull out the win but if they do what they do best like the genji the sombra anything but the may reaper <laughs> i think gladiators can get ahead but spark looks stronger in that meta yeah both both teams do need wins so curious to see how that's <laughs> gonna go and actually i don't think either of them play another match this week so this is gonna be their only match uh, for both sides so they need to make it count as we get closer and closer to these playoffs there's really only two weeks left of regular play uh, to keep that in mind so it's coming down it is coming down to the wire for a lot of these guys <laughs> saturday we have starting off dragons versus eternal this one to me looks pretty cut and dry i think again the dragons are in a playoff position that they really really want and eternal have kind of dropped off a bit Eternal, it's weird. That's another team that I think looks so solid on paper that I, I thought looked so strong at the start of the season. You have people like Soon, you have Team France and Contenders players that all performed amazingly everywhere else but the league. They kind of started off okay and then dropped off. And it's one of those teams that, again, I don't know who, what is to blame, what is going on with that team, but they need to regain some faith from the community. So I think 4-0 Dragons. Gotcha. Valiant versus Uprising. We touched on Uprising's woes a little bit earlier, and Valiant, again, <laughs> yeah. just looking like a, a top six team, in my opinion. Um, really don't have a lot of flaws right now for Uprising to try to exploit, so I picked Valiant. How about yourself? Yeah, it's same same thing. Uprising have a lot of work to do. Uh, they're at the bottom. Even going through multiple metas, they've been at the bottom. Goats bottom, and now in this two two two, still not looking like they're coming, uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So, I think Valiant will take it easy. Coming up after that, Dynasty versus Fusion. Um, okay, so this this one I am a little biased for Fusion. I really, really enjoyed their playoff run last year. That was a long time ago, to be honest. But uh, Carpe and Eco just look so, so good in this 2-2-2, in my opinion, just on in their comfort roles. They finally get to play you know, DPS that they want to play. Maybe not always. Maybe not... <laughs> Maybe Carpe doesn't always want to play May uh, on control maps and things like that. But when the McCree pops out or uh, Hanzo, they both, either one of them, I think, can run away with it. And Boombox and Neptuno have just looked incredibly good as supports for as long as I can remember. So I give a slight edge to Fusion in that match. I do see it going either way as well. But Fusion, I'm just going to hope for the best. These guys need a win as well to, to try to get into that playoff contention. It's fusion just didn't look good last week, though. As much as I'm so biased exactly what you said, they lost 4-0 to Titans, which was, you know, that was going to be a tight match, but 4-0 is still a large scoreline. And then they lost to Eternal, which that shouldn't have happened. I think that 
kind of surprised everyone. So Philly just didn't have a good week. So it's either they bounce back and they just smash this or they're on a downward spiral. And I gave the win um, to Dynasty there in a game five. But it's again, how are Fusion going to bounce back from that the week that they had? That is a fair point. And uh, for reference, guys, Fusion did lose to Eternal. They got to a game five. But again, I don't think they should have lost that. And the match against <laughs> uh, Titans... The first map looked really good for Fusion. They ended up losing, I believe it was every round was 100 to 99. So sometimes that happens on control maps. Yeah. But after that, you could tell they lost a bit of their steam and, and Titans uh, didn't. So <laughs> every map after that just went quicker and quicker in the Titans' favor. But Fusion, I just I just hope for the best for those guys. I think uh, they're a really good squad. And Eco and Carpe, I just love watching. So would be happy with either result. I think Dynasty, again, still very strong team. Sometimes falter in playoff spots, but... We're not quite to the playoffs yet, so Dynasty may just knock them out. Hunters versus Outlaws. Again, Outlaws, this is their first match of the week, only match of the week, but they have been eliminated from playoff contention. There was a little bit of weirdness last week uh, revolving around Jake and Lynxer's roles. Um, no public information, really, other than there's some stuff going on. Don't take it too hard on them, etc. But Outlaws, they, they got eliminated from playoff contention last week. I don't see them being the Hunters here. I think Hunters will take it. Yeah, um, the, the personal issues <clears throat> they're having, I think, Jake, kind of what you said, that they're having clearly some personal issues, something happening behind the scenes. I don't know if it's family-related, team-related, or what, but when you have those internal issues, you just can't put your full focus in the game. And maybe they can squeeze out a map if uh, if they try their damn hardest, but with issues going on, yeah, I also gave it to Hunters. All right, and then closing out this week's matches are Sunday games. We've got Rain versus Spitfire. And Rain, again, in that position where they kind of need to win every match they can, and Spitfire are kind of like a final boss for them. Uh, Spitfire really haven't slowed down a whole lot. Uh, I think I still favor them here. Yeah, Spitfire, in a recent match, they took, yeah, the, the one I was kind of basing this off of is they took Titans to Game 5, and Spitfire just played their best in that particular match of Week 3, so I felt like they could easily do the same thing against Rain. Again, I still gave the win to Rain, but I think Spitfire are just had a really good week, and I think they're doing well on the DPS. But Rain are still just at the top of the standings for a reason, but I think that'll be one of the closer series for that week. Next up, it's Justice versus Eternal, and this is, again, kind of the pushover match, only based on recent results. If you looked at their entire season results, you're like, I don't know, maybe Eternal has this, but Justice this stage have just been dominating, and they have, you know, Justice has a lot of very strong individual players, so it kind of makes sense to me that the 2-2-2 is favoring them a bit more. They haven't had as much time together as uh, some of the players on Eternal, actually, as French Nationals, have been playing together for, like, three years, uh, and Justice is kind of a hodgepodge, in my opinion opinion um but i i do have justice beating eternal again yeah i mean justice of beating have been beating so many good teams it's more of the question can eternal take a map where i had currently 4-0 but kind of looking at their last week where they took a map off of or in week two they took a map off of nyxl and week three uh, where was this matchup? They went to game, they won in game five against Philadelphia Fusion. So I'm wondering, can Eternal maybe get a map off of that just by well studying the series and just by playing really well? But Justice have just been 4 0 kind of everyone <laughs> at the moment. So, so much faith into Justice right now. 
All right. Yeah, I think Justice will keep that momentum. Eternal are in a spot where they're not, you know, fully eliminated. They do have something to play for, and maybe Justice uh, finally get tired of winning. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it could happen. Well, next up, we've got Mayhem versus Defiant, and this is the battle of the unplayoffables. Uh, <laughs> Mayhem, uh, I do favor just a little bit. Defiant have looked really not great this um, this stage, I think. So I, I gave an edge to Mayhem, but not really based on much. Either either team, I think, could come out here. Yeah, those are both teams still trying to figure out both eternally what they're doing, maybe roster-wise what they're doing, coaching-wise what they're doing. And this meta could favor either team. This was kind of a toss-up, and I still went with Mayhem. Define have so much more work to do. And finally, last game of the weekend will be Charge versus Fuel. I think that's just going to be another feather in the cap for Charge as they're looking really good. Uh, I'm happy that Fraggy and Bishu are doing well over there on uh, tank rolls. Uh, maybe they haven't gotten as much playtime just yet, but this could actually be a good opportunity for them to get some playtime against Fuel, who have been faltering lately. Oh yeah, is Fuel even out they're of They're not, contention? but they're basically out of Like, they can't lose anymore. <laughs> Fuel is near the oh, bottom yeah, of the possibles. Just on the cutoff. Yeah. yeah, they're just on the cutoff. So I think with all that pressure, it's like a must-win situation for Fuel. And I think I kind of wrote 4-0, but now I'm thinking they could maybe do even better than that. Charge just looks so good. And it's, I kind of said this already, Fuel has so much faith to regain from the community. And just maybe as a team, they need to have faith in each other. And going into a meta like this, they're putting a lot more faith on someone like Zachary, who was stuck on kind of the Brig role for so long. And now as the main May player, he kind of is a lot of the setup, the risks, the winning conditions for the team. So as long as Zachary, you know, performs, I think they could do well. All right, I'm going to put up that playoff picture just one more time. That wraps up all our predictions for the week's matches. But this is, again, just kind of a snapshot of what we're looking at right now. Titans and Excel have clinched their spots. May take it easy, may not. They really, you know, they're sitting pretty. And um, they don't have any games this week. So next week, they might just be on an extended bye, so to speak, uh, and rest up for the playoffs. Or they might just continue trying their hardest uh, to roll that momentum into the actual playoffs. Shock are looking pretty. Gladiators, Spark, Spitfire, Dynasty, the next four. I feel like, in my mind, they're all pretty equal. Um, after those top three, you kind of have that tier two uh setting there with those teams um shanghai dragons very close behind but uh again i think that's pretty much what we're looking at as a sort of top six top seven possibilities there for what we end up seeing in the playoffs in a couple of weeks but uh that is pretty much it for our topics today jen was there anything else you wanted to bring up before we kind of bring this to a close yeah, this short and sweet episode, as we will kind of air on the same times on Mondays, 1 p.m. PST, just going over not only the reviews and maybe the hot topics, both in-game and out of the game, but also do our predictions. And once more people come in here in the chat, we can actually interact and maybe kind of battle you guys in the chat of who we think is the better team. I know there's some bias of Blevins with the NYXL there, <laughs> and Herix uh, just, you know, has no wrinkles left in his brain. But <laughs> he loves goats. I... He does love goats. In fact, he does. Ooh, tormented gom gnomes. Gnomes, that's too early for me. Tormented gnomes here. Um, I'm just glad to see Soul in a spot to actually make playoffs this year. Tormented goats. Tormented by goats. Yeah, I'm sure you're you super glad to not be in that anymore. Yeah, we're all, we were all tormented by goats, but now we're free to play May and Reaper every Ooh. round instead. No, I'm just kidding. And Symmetra. Yeah. And 
Boarding House. I think Fair Mercy, man, that's what I'm stoked about. Definitely going to reinstall for uh, Fair Mercy meta. But um, yeah, thanks again to everyone who did swing by. Don't forget that Prediction is a newer company, but they do have a family of podcasts already, not just for Overwatch. This is our first episode of that, but they've already had a few episodes for Call of Duty, Smash Bros, and more games. You can check them out all out on iTunes already. Just look for Prediction. That's Prediction with two E's. And thank you to everybody who tuned into our first episode. We'll be back next week, similar time, and on iTunes as well, uh, shortly after the show finishes up here. So again, uh, we hope that you will follow the channel here, not just for our show, but for the entire family of podcasts. We've got lots of great talent on those as well. Some have been friends of mine for a long time, TK Breezy, uh, specifically on the Smash show, I think is just a fantastic commentator and host. So stick around, watch more prediction as the weeks continue here. We only have a little bit of Overwatch League left before the playoffs, but that just makes it more and more exciting. After that, we'll have World Cup. And uh, that's that's basically it. That's us signing off. Jen, any last words before we shut this down? Nope. Make sure you check out the podcast, and we'll see you guys next Monday. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.